You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, it's been such an honor to hang out with you this week as we pursue God together. And uh, I hope you'll join us. Better yet, I hope you'll invite someone to join you at an Eastside campus or online this weekend for our fourth installment in the Stress Fracture series as we talk about what can heal us, what can pull us back together in a world where politics and social media and so many other forces are trying to pull us apart. I've loved this week sharing with you the plot of the Bible, the, the story of the Bible in a single sentence, the outline of the Bible, where all 66 books fit. And if you missed any of that, go back and just watch or listen. Now, now, after a few days of getting a better handle on the Bible, do you know what my suggestion is for you today? And I can just put it in two words. Read it. I'd start to get, I'd start by getting a readable translation of the Bible if I were you. That's very important. Like if you're my age, you probably grew up with a King James version of the Bible like I did. It was written over 400 years ago in King James English. It's a very good translation of the Bible if you're over 400 years old. But if you happen to be born, say, in the last 150 years, why not get a modern translation? There's a number of good readable translations today. Today, I tend to use the NIV or what's called the New International Version of the Bible, or sometimes the NLT, the New Living Translation. Sometimes I enjoy the paraphrase known as the Message Version. People often ask, yeah, but what's the best version? Well, I'll tell you, the best version of the Bible is the one you read. You can even download for free the YouVersion app right on your phone and choose between lots of different versions to read from. Personally, I, I like reading from a paper version of the Bible so I can highlight and take notes and mark it up. If your Bible's too nice to mark it in, get a different Bible, okay? But that's just me. Many of us have come to those times in our lives where we say, I really need to read the Bible more. I'm going to dig in. I'm going to read it. So you, you open at the beginning to Genesis, and it's just incredible, right? The creation of the world, darkness and light, the first man and woman. There's naked people. There's sin. There's a 90-year-old having her first child. And laughter. There's Noah and the flood and a rainbow. There's Joseph and his coat of many colors. It's exciting reading. And then you hit Exodus, and there's a baby Moses floating down the river in a basket, and the ten plagues on Egypt, and the Red Sea parting, and the Ten Commandments, and manna from heaven, and water from a rock, and a cloud to guide them by day, and a pillar of fire by night. It's unbelievable. Genesis and Exodus are just really exciting. And then you hit Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, so I probably wouldn't start in Genesis 1 if I were you. I think I would start in the New Testament of the Bible with the message of the Savior who has come. Maybe, maybe in the Gospel of John. It's a great place to begin. Just read a chapter each day. Set some time each day. And, and when you finish John, just keep reading through the rest of the New Testament, a chapter a day. Take about 10 minutes a day. And then when you're done, then go back and start in Genesis Bruce and Doug Westby were brothers that my brother Greg and I grew up with vacationing together in northern Minnesota in the summer. Their cabin was just across the lake from ours, and we ran around together, water skied together. I just have lots of great memories of those times. Bruce was a Minnesota high school state championship pole vaulter. Doug was a gifted student. After Bruce finished college, he took an accounting job in Minneapolis, St. Paul, but his life just wasn't satisfying. He began to drink heavily. He was deeply depressed. 
and one night in despair, he put a gun in his mouth and ended his life. Six weeks later, his brother Doug was hit and killed by a train. Speculation is that he took his life also. If you were their parents, how would you cope? How would you deal with such losses? The following summer, my mother and I went over to visit their parents, Harold and Kay, at their cabin across the lake. And my mom said, I just can't imagine how you've gotten through the pain of all this past year. And Harold said, come down here and I'll show you. And he led us down a path next to the lake where he was building a small-scale lighthouse. It was about seven or eight feet tall, out of rock and mortar, as a memorial to Bruce and Doug. And then he pointed down at the bottom of it. And he said, here's how we're getting through it. And down at the base of this lighthouse were inscribed these words, Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And he said, we're just trusting the promises of that book to be our light. Friends, you have to admit, it is a powerful book that can help a mom and dad in a season of grief like that. No wonder Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. It's living and active because it contains the word of God incarnate, Jesus, living in these pages. So live in its pages today. And this book and the Savior that it points to will live in you and through you. God, what a privilege it's been this week to introduce people to the story of the Bible, the plot of the Bible, the outline of the Bible. And now, God, I just pray that we'll read it. We'll experience, we'll experience the power that Harold and Kay did in a time of great grief. God, thank you for the way that you meet us through the power of this book. And I lift these prayers now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, see you at Eastside this weekend, and hope you can join me back here on Pursuing God next Monday.